0: Hello, welcome back to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse and MJ, where each episode we go back and look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This is our 12th day of Podmus. Mm. It's almost like a song. I right? was just going to say it. <laughs> 12th day of Podmas. <laughs> And we are putting out an episode every day, right up to Christmas. Today, we are having a look at Netflix's 60th film. It's the 2017 urban fantasy crime film, Bright. It's directed by David Ayer. stars Will Smith, Joel Edgerton, Naomi Rapace, Lucy Fry, Edgar Ramirez, and Ike Barneholtz.
1: This is one that I circled as soon as we had the list out. I circled this one and was like, I've always wanted to watch this one. It was really big when it came out, and there was a lot of above-a-line spend for it. Yeah, Advertise and
0: it. Yeah, a lot of promo when it came out. Massive. I, I remember. It, it was
1: the first time I really remember Netflix having hardcore promo, and I guess will smith will do that yeah to
0: a, get an audience straight away
1: um but yeah i was like ah oh, this is episode number 60 that'll be ages away yeah and here we are <laughs> we, we
0: made it so we start off our show with our fast flicks. So where we do a quick little summary of the film mj what's your summary
1: um two cops one night on the run to stay alive and protect the city from a supernatural presence with a power they can only imagine
0: Ooh, very like lack- Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I don't even know how to word that Ooh.
1: <laughs>
0: Okay well, I started very similar I've gone A pair of cops Must, mer- must work their way through A futuristic alley To ensure a magical wand Doesn't get into the
1: wrong hands Yeah and you know what Before I had no idea that That this film was like a No yeah. I never knew it was so fantastical Yeah Like I knew obviously Joel Edgerton played some kind of Orcish character but I didn't know, I thought it was just like, a. all right, we've got humans and orcs living in this. I didn't think it was going to be every little, like, wands and fairies and elves. No, and...
0: Nah, I was yeah, I was probably a little bit surprised. Um, so you hadn't seen this? Had I you hadn't it? seen it, no, no. And, um, yeah, we've watched it now, so I guess <laughs> we're going to get into some
1: spoilers. We absolutely We're going to destroy the... the, the, the yeah, that's the... a good point. If you haven't seen this film and you really want to watch it, uh, do yourself a little Christmas favour and watch it yeah. now. Yeah. Now. Definitely, definitely. All right. And then listen to us.
0: What do we? What have we learned about this film? What's some histories? Anything that we've learned about it being made?
1: Well, what I love about it, which we don't get a lot on Netflix, <laughs> oh, it has this a budget. budget. Oh, good, it good, good. It has a budget. I was hoping and you were going to have some similar films for us. Strike me down. It is a ninety million dollar budget. This is was
0: Netflix' most expensive film to date when this came out.
1: And here we are in 2019, and not that we've looked, but I reckon it probably still is the most expensive. Not quite. Um, ah, okay. The
0: last couple of weeks, the Irishman's come out, and I'm pretty sure that's about 160 they spent on that. Is it really? <laughs> I'm pretty sure.
1: Because $90 million is <laughs> a, a big budget money. full stop. Massive. Actually, and that's a good segue to my comparative titles that yes. had... What's, what, what? Yeah, tell
0: us. What, well, what's my favourite sort of... one is
1: jumanji welcome to the jungle so the new the newest jumanji or the most recent jumanji film that came out in cinemas yeah released two days earlier than this so oh, we're wow. talking like the exact same time frame and it had the same budget although that grossed nearly one billion dollars worldwide if i had 90 million dollars <laughs> to spend on a film i'd be spending it on jumanji rather than bright like look, look at look at those sliding door moments between those two films yep um Another film that I found interesting was a $90 million budget was Men in Black. Obviously, another Will Smith. The so first one? The first okay. one. Okay, well, that's... A long that's, time ago. Yeah, and so that'd that be worth a lot more now. Yeah. With, uh, with inflation. Uh, Toy Story 2, Rush Hour 2, Sherlock Holmes. And then a few more recent ones. Magnificent Seven, the 2016 one. Yep. Pixels. Adam's Spider-Man out. Into the Spider-Verse, which surprised me. It was okay. that big. Um And then quite recently, this year, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was $90 million.
0: So, a lot of these big sort of box office fair ones that...
1: Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. Like, they're, they're movies that generally have uh, stars in the cast. They generally did pretty well at the box office. I mean, granted, there's a lot of $90 million movies that didn't. Yeah. But, um, this is just to highlight what you can do with $90 million and where it has been spent otherwise, because it's nice to have that context. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It, okay. Before this, only I mean, obviously the Irishman aside, before this, I think... You know, this is the 60th film. I think Spectral was probably the biggest, the biggest one that we one. had. I yeah. think from memory that was 50 mil. Yeah. And that was a big... That budget. was a big budget. I just double-checked
0: Irishman, 159 million. <laughs> Jeez, that's a good memory. I was, I was, was, only, a mil, I was only a <laughs> mil off. and <laughs> That's spare change compared to what they're spending on it. So,
1: Wowie. That's that's such an... And that's a topic for later on. Yeah. How Netflix approaches all that. Yeah. All amazing. right.
0: Well, so this... Um, well the deal for the second film like they've already said, you know, they signed off before this was released for a second film.
1: I also did not know that. Yeah. Did you know that?
0: I I knew that there, there were talks of a sequel, I didn't realize it was like signed yeah, it's and delivered. Yeah. Like locked and loaded. Yeah. And was meant to it was meant to start um, production in September 2019, but because Will Smith's obviously a very mm. busy man, um they've had to postpone it.
1: What would he be doing September 2019? September Gemini. So Gemini, was it called? Gemini, Gemini would have been doing been the... He would finished with that. He would have been, been doing press, press, yeah, press tour. A bit of a junket, yep. yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know that was locked and loaded. So that's that's going to be coming at some point. We'll be watching it.
0: So the guy who wrote the script, did you see... So he he um, sold it for three and a half million. Mm. And then he stated that he turned down an additional million to make sure that he got the director, David Ayer, on. Because he wrote this specifically for him. Which is
1: interesting because... Obviously, David Ayer, which we'll probably get to later, did Suicide Squad. This had yeah. such a Suicide Squad feel to it. Definitely. Um,
0: that dark, sort of uh, gritty...
1: Yeah, and kind of... It's not that Suicide Squad is technically fantastical, but the, obviously there's a... Fantastical elements. There's a, big, elements, witch, there's yeah. a witch, big witch element in uh, in that movie. Yeah. Anything else that you've got? Um, so, obviously, this film went to... Went to bid with the with the script yep. um, and with David Ayer, and I'm pretty sure Will Smith was already attached at that point. Um, so the bids included one from Palm Star Media with a joint offer from Warner Brothers uh, and Warner Brothers financier MGM, and Netflix obviously came out on top. So it was a big um, big coup for Netflix. Sure was. And I'm- I wonder how much you know guys like David Ayer and Will Smith were like, oh, okay. This is going to this is going to be on the small screen and small screen only. Yeah,
0: and I guess this is something that we're going to talk about now, where we don't get it very often, but we got a little bit of
1: um, info from Netflix on how many people had watched this. Which how was good just, would this not... job be if we had this for every film? <laughs> oh. If we just jumped onto like Nielsen, yeah, and they just gave us the stats for every single movie.
0: So, so what they they announced that it, the film had been viewed more times in its first week than any other Netflix release. Hmm. That's that, and I guess that that's pay off for the buck that they spent on it.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, Reed Hastings, the Netflix CEO, talked about the. We'll probably get to the critical consensus in a second. That you know, critics in general, and I, I tend to agree with him here, can be really disconnected from what has mass appeal. Yep. And just because a film is popular critically doesn't necessarily relate to eyeballs. Um, and we see this heaps at the box office as well. And that's why superhero films are such a safe bet with with box office films. So. Netflix rolling the dice on this aren't expecting it to get great critical um, reviews, but obviously they understand that this is a sort of film that's going to get people watching, watching it. it. And, and, and we, we know for a fact in Australia, and I'm sure it's worldwide, that Netflix put a lot of money for above-the-line spend on media advertising yep. um, for this movie as well. And not that we have the exact numbers, but Nielsen has estimated that an average of 11 million people in the US were watching Bright during any given minute over its debut weekend in December. Yep. Um, and when we look here at the amount of ratings that it has on IMDb, for example, it's over 150,000, which is a huge
0: number. So... If, if you have 11 million people rock up to the cinema to watch this, like, that box office number's huge. Yeah. Huge. You can't, and you, I know you can't it, compare it. It's such it an easy like conversion to, comparing to apples Italian. To pears. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's what everyone was saying when Bird Box came out they're like oh, this would have been the highest grossing film of all, all time, time it's like, yeah. yeah because it's turning your TV on as yep. opposed to spending 20 bucks nice. to go to the cinemas yeah anything else that? Uh, so it was filmed in LA it was filmed in LA very uh, would you say LA is a character in this one Jesse? Mm,
0: not quite well it's not
1: it's not the LA we know Is
0: no it? it's yeah. different yeah I, I, in the credits as well I thought it was interesting that there was this big quote at the end where it said Australian visual effects were undertaken with the assistance of the Australian government yeah. So, a um, bit of taxpayer dosh spent on creating this film in Australia. So, we invested in
1: this film, you yeah, and I, effectively. I, yeah, Sure did. It, uh, it won an award. It did. The California On Location Awards for the Location Team of the Year in the Feature Film section. Yeah, so. and it had seven other
0: nominations for a variety of...
1: Yeah, a lot of things like Best Hair and Makeup, which I totally get. Yep. Um, I also don't think it was going to blow me away and it was probably never going to win those big awards. Um, got some trailer awards as well, which mm. which I think Netflix do all right with the trailer. They awards.
0: sure do. Maybe that's they like that's a guaranteed nomination if we if we pop it into those categories.
1: Now I never look at Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. But I'm assuming it's not great because of what Reed Hastings came out and said. What is it, Jesse?
0: Rotten Tomatoes. So the consensus from critics on Rotten Tomatoes was twenty seven percent on hundred and eight reviews.
1: It's <laughs> actually quite small, one hundred and eight. Hmm. Mm.
0: Uh, the audience. However, and this is where I yeah. think you're gonna agree with this. Eighty four percent. There you go. So that's and the thing. Netflix. Want to have a ballpark guess of uh, how many people, like from the public, went on to give it a rating? Ooh, twenty thousand. Nineteen. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow I'm very good. So yeah, 90, A bit over nineteen thousand. And then, and then you obviously look at IMDb. I do look at IMDb, and that's and huge.
1: IMDb six point four out of ten from one hundred and fifty two thousand ratings. Yeah, really robust sample size pretty decent audience score. Um, Letterboxd, certainly a bit lower, um, which I'm not surprised with. 2.4 2. 4. out of five, again, from 42,000. Um, that number's actually quite small, the 42,000, yeah. compared to the 150, but um, again, we know Letterboxd is a bit more of a filmy kind of audience, so not surprising that that score is more in line with the critics score on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten tomatoes yeah. But you know what, this is just a, a boom boom win for Netflix.
0: Definitely, so... They spent a lot of money, though. They <laughs> did, a lot of money. Did you notice the Netflix title at the start?
1: Yes, yes. It's different. I was I was waiting for it, I'm like, this is going to... And it still did the... Doo-dum, doo-dum. But, it, it but it had the, a playful. the little blue yeah. sort of... I
0: liked that, that was cool.
1: That's right.
0: The other thing that I sort of picked up on, was so when you, you go into Netflix and you, you type in Bright to search for it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: did you notice the extra content they had on there? It's almost like... When you go back to the days with the DVD and you've got the special features, I still look at that. Yeah, yeah, so so it was cool. So you type Bright in, and you get the film, and then the next thing is they've got um it was like a little package Bright the music videos. So they had four oh, of the okay. songs from the film. So they had um, Home by Machine Gun Kelly, Well Gone Mad by Bastille, Broken People by Logic and Rag and Bone, and then Danger by Migos and um, Marshmallow. So pretty big artists, and then they had four video clips for each of the songs that were original songs from the film. Okay, and they they you know it's going back to like the 90s where you had music video clips with yeah.
1: footage of the film in the clips and I, I sat through and watched a couple not ones, bad yeah. I'd still rather see the more behind the scenes stuff Scene that stuff, you yeah. see on like there's no reason why for their original films specifically that they shouldn't be having have that extra content because if you love a film right let's let's track back to Okja when we when we watch that and that's probably the film that I've loved the most since we've been doing this I would have been sitting there for hours looking at all the special features because I just want to I just want to eat it up and drink yeah. it up as much as possible so
0: that, that song the home song I'd heard yeah, that before I don't, remember, don't remember the one that went over the opening of the film I like I knew that song I'd heard that on the radio so really? I was surprised yeah. at that song who, who sang it again? that was the Machine Gun Kelly song Um, okay. yeah so I was, I was quite I was, when, as soon as the film started and I heard that song I was like oh I know this song okay. I, was, I was pleasantly surprised that yeah it was an actual uh, original song from this film the other thing I had on there as well. So there's one other feature on there. Hmm. Um, they, so Netflix have these like packages where they have like a fireplace playing on the, the oh, TV yeah. screen. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen this one. You yeah, had still this in my house. I yeah. had this on in the background one time. So yeah, they had like fun. the home fireplace, the Bright Edition. and It was just like this toxic barrel with the different color lights and the fairies oh, going past. I recall that being very yeah. cool when we. Yeah. Uh, so nice audience. that they tried to add a couple of little things in there as well.
1: Yeah, they didn't. They didn't um, leave any stone unturned with this film.
0: No. Uh, all right. So. It came out in December 2017, so this just before Christmas, so a good little Mm, time to release. What are your early thoughts on this film?
1: Uh, I thought it was pretty ordinary, to be honest. Um, I was was disappointed because I did set myself these expectations. Um, There was probably a 10 to 15 minute period throughout the middle, right after they discovered the wand and they went a little bit renegade, that I got pumped for it, and I thought it was going to keep heading down this track that got me excited, but it really didn't go down there at all. Um, it kind of had all the bad tropes from Suicide Squad. Okay. And I, I, I didn't, despite the the canning that Suicide Squad got, I didn't mind it, but a lot of the bad elements of it were really obvious in this. Okay. Um, mainly with the ending. In both cases, Suicide Squad ending bothered me, and this was a really similar ending to Suicide Squad with the witch magic stuff <laughs> and i'll get to that later on yep but yeah i was disappointed in this film what about you
0: so i i, I really disliked suicide squad yeah, um, Okay. but i like the setup for this one i liked that the style and the sort of you know this whole world that you knew nothing about and i was along for the ride so this, good, this could this no, could be a good little discussion i was actually
1: hoping you would be because mm. I, tr- I wanted to be on for the along for the
0: ride but... yeah I, I got on and i didn't mind this one didn't mind it Thought it was a nice little film that you can just sit back, relax, and watch.
1: Nothing about this film is little, Jesse. True, <laughs>
0: true, true, true. All right, well, let's let's talk about some characters. That, All right, who do you want this to start film? with? This?
1: You're going to lead this discussion.
0: Um, we're going to start with Ward. Yep, good. I think we need to start with Will Smith's character. Um, don't necessarily like him as a character, though. Mm. I no, I don't think he's supposed so to. So they have this setup that you know he's he's obviously he's a cop and he's this he's this sort of family man. They try to show you that. You know, he, he's drowning in debt. He wants to do the right thing for his family. He loves them. But you didn't really see him change much as a character or see that development with that family. And that sort of annoyed me a bit. But, and then, you know, he's got this characteristic that, you know, he's not going to snitch. He's not going to snitch. He's mm. not going to rat people out. And I don't know, I didn't really like him as a character because I didn't really see the good in him that often.
1: No, he, he, he was just a bit of a dick, to be mm. honest. And I think it's supposed to be assumed that, you know, living in this really shitty town... Being a cop, sorry, in this shitty town has yep. taken its toll. Yeah.
0: Because um, no one likes the police. That's the Yeah, that's the and it, the it's a
1: rough town. It would be an awful job. I mean, his daughter basically says, like, why do you have to be a cop? Yep. Um, I suppose we see on numerous occasions well, he does have Nick's back. Um, Nick being his partner, played by a geologist. Yep. But it's all very... Every time he does it, it's all like a very Hollywood kind of moment for him to have Nick's back. Yeah. Um, not like a character development. Oh, you know, maybe you are turning. You're kind of a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, changing. Yeah, um, yeah. I, which I didn't expect not to like him. Like Will Smith doesn't play yeah. that character nah. generally. Which and maybe not. that's why it was weird. Yeah, maybe. Well, what about Nick? So, you, you well, he was really likable. Yep. Um, he was one of the very few characters with any sort of moral compass within the entire film. Um, I like the fact that he didn't see race and he acted on right and wrong. Um, but as a result, he's basically an outcast. It's kind of, this is kind of Nick's story. Story, yep. Um, but of course, like the man who does the right thing and thinks the right way and makes the right calls comes out on top in this film. So in that sense, it was very black and white, despite the fact that it was supposed to be a little bit more muddled and gritty and it was, yeah, Oh, but... this is the good guy of the film. Oh, okay. I bet he's going to come out. Gonna... Right.
0: I-, I liked that he just wanted to be accepted. You know, being a cop to him was everything. Even like we spoke before how everyone hates cops. He mm. didn't care. He just wanted to be a cop and he wanted to do the right thing. And I, you know, he helps this kid at the start and that was doing the right thing. And, you mm. know, he pulls his gun on his partner because he <laughs> won't stand for lawlessness. He mm. he's this sort of character that, you know, and he's a traitor to his own tribe of orcs. Um, and you know he didn't break at the end as well. So he sort of showed that mm. commitment to his his tribe or his race as well and I just thought it was a nice full sort of circle for him.
1: Yeah, it really was. No, Compared he, to
0: Ward, who you didn't really get that full circle. A
1: straight line. They'd kind of tried to turn yeah. inwards a little bit, but it didn't yeah, quite. Yeah, not really. Um, yeah, this movie doesn't work at all without Nick. And a great performance from Joel Edgerton. Yeah.
0: Some heavy makeup too. Yeah. <laughs> he was
1: obviously unrecognizable. But, yeah. Um, even like, we're obviously quite familiar with Joel Edgerton being an Australian. Even the voice was just, it was just bang on Like everything he did He just Yeah He ran a great, with it He's ran a great actor Who have you got next? Yeah it's a great question <laughs> I've got Layla next Yep But I also don't have Very much to say about her Me either Because This is my question So she's the main villain she's There's, main there's a the lot end. of villains There in, are In the film But she's probably the main one And Do we really get to know her at all? We just know her as a villain On a mission Who's going to stop at nothing To get her wand back Pretty much kind of like a villain with a little bit more substance context you need some
0: context to why she's doing it and yeah. th- there's this context that you know she's doing this for that dark lord but you don't get
1: why yeah she's just doing it to wreak evil on earth yeah um, you just, I wanted to know more about her know her weaknesses not even know her weaknesses but they just create this character that's like oh well as soon as she gets to one she's unbeatable like, why is she unbeatable And how did she get to where she is Yeah, like that kind of stuff
0: she had some cool moves though yeah, <laughs> she did some very cool moves uh, well, I had... After... I I had um Rodriguez beforehand because I just thought this was an interesting character. So here's this cop who... Dude. They described him as solid as fuck.
1: He wasn't the cop, though. Oh, sorry. The he, was like sheriff, he was a sheriff. Sheriff. He was a sheriff,
0: yeah. Sorry. They described him as solid as fuck. And... Who did?
1: Ward. Yeah. Exactly. And
0: then the first... Ward. <laughs> and then the first time you see him, he's like... He calls in the feds on Ward and Nick and then, like, handcuffs him. And so I, I didn't even, like if you're going to set up a character as being this solid character, the first thing you see him do is like, nah, I'm turning you in. I, yeah, I don't but know. But he's
1: solid on someone's word who is dicey at the best of time anyway. But
0: Yeah, I know. But I feel like Ward, had, they'd set that up earlier at a scene where they introduced Ward and him and yeah. it was like, okay, these guys are long. Family, yeah, they family. look out for each other. And then as soon as you meet him and he doesn't look out for him, I was like, hang on, this, I don't know, it confused me a little but bit. But as it
1: turned out... And correct me if I'm wrong here because I might be, but the feds were kind of the good guys at the end of the day. Yeah. Because they were both, they were all trying to stop Layla, mm. the evil elf. <laughs> I think I'd say that sentence. But so the feds were, if if the feds had have actually come and saved the day, granted their phone got tapped when they made that phone call, so that was dangerous. Yep. But if the feds had to come and seen them then and there, it actually would have been a good result. You'd hope so. so You'd like to think so. Rodriguez. Disp- <laughs> Re- regardless whether you knew he was doing it or not, probably made the right call. Good. Have you got any other characters? Uh, I did. I had, and this is going to be interesting because I didn't know his name until I saw an IMDb. Is Candemir, of course, the elf fed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, look, he was as I said, he was basically, despite not knowing it, and I didn't, I didn't mind the fact that I was never sure whether they were good or bad. Those feds. Yeah. Turns out they were pretty good. Um, (laughs) I didn't even have him down more than anything else he was a vehicle for plot progression so he helps the audience discover the story around Tika and Layla initially Um, and then obviously you learn about the wand through him so all this stuff that's actually happening to Nick and Ward or and Ward you're learning about through his his sort of tale to try and find them as well true so he was just this nice little vehicle for plot progression which actually worked quite well
0: so, I had another character for the getting from the A to B. I had Tika as well. well the, yeah, Tika's yeah. a dec- Tika, next, Tika. Next one I've got. I had her down as a plot progression. Like, she didn't really do much apart from being there to progress with the wand.
1: Yeah, and you know what? That's why I found her an extremely frustrating character. Character, yeah. Because clearly these two guys were trying to protect her when nobody else would. So, she really should have spoken up sooner because... She, she had like these insane powers that could have helped them throughout this whole, whole movie, process and then at the end she's like oh i just wasn't sure if i could trust, trust you it's like come you. on like, everyone's dying around you these guys are doing everything for you that's gonna come out very soon when we talk about scenes that pissed me off when it's like oh you speak, speak english. english i was like no I, do that.
0: I had one other character yeah i had Poison, the bad hispanic sort of guy in the wheelchair Oh, yeah. I yeah. just put. I just had him as the worst B-story bad guy ever. <laughs> yeah, he was. It's like they, they literally said, okay, we've got to have an A and a B character for every type of character that we've got. And it's like, we'll put him... He wants the one because he wants to be able to walk again and he's just going to be this gangster <laughs> that thinks he's cool. And like he died. And I was like, whoa, I wasn't
1: expecting him to die yeah. that, like, that early or that quickly. Well, that's when you kind of knew he wasn't the real, real bad, bad guy, guy yeah. worried about. But with him, were you thinking, or was it just me, were you just like, well, how did this guy... Uh, become paralysed or how did he lose his uh, walking legs? ability yeah. yeah walking ability because I'm like how is he so powerful if he's just a dude in a wheelchair he's got a good gang to push him around I, re- I reckon he must have been badass and then Beforehand, lost his legs yeah. but I was like come on I'm supposed to believe <laughs> yeah. this guy's the bad guy
0: yeah. have you got any other characters I don't no, alright well the director David Ayer so we've, we've mentioned a little bit so he, he directed Suicide Squad he's directed Street Kings and he's directed End of Watch mm. so all films that sort of have this not necessarily police, but like some sort of force that. Um,
1: yeah, they're definitely this kind of film. Yeah, it's like this film actually takes little bits of all. All of them, them, yeah. I just thought that was interesting. And you know what? It's not fair for me to continually compare it to Suicide Squad. It's, I'm not. I'm not saying is, is it better or worse. I'm just there's there's parts that I noted that you see the similarities, and for me, the similarities were the things that didn't work in one of them. So,
0: all right, scene time. Yep. Time for us to talk about some scenes that we
1: liked. Well, I talk about scenes first a lot when it's just you and me. Sure. And because you like this film more than I did, I think, I'd Ho- like to hear um, Hopefully yours. I have a few more. I want to hear you. I've, I know I, I do have scenes. Oh, but... good.
0: Well, I, I really liked the introduction at the start where you've got all this graffiti on the wall that sort of introduces you to the world quite well, I thought. I in credits? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So you've got like all these brick walls and they've got, you know, these, these messages about, you know, in the beginning, all races were created equal but elves are more equal and i was like okay cool so we get the elves are sort of this sort of people that get more power high society, yeah, yeah. higher society and then you know the the orcs fight for you who fights for us so all these messages and you're learning about these races or, or types of creatures straight away without even actually seeing any of the characters yeah. and you know there were these nice messages too like you know be yourself and they're the ones that hold up to keep you down and then there was this really there was this image on or this Picture, and I was like, you know, the LAPD were shooting and beating people. And I was like, straight away, okay, this is going to talk a little bit. Obviously, it's a, a film that's going to have um, a police or a, you know, a, the, we're going to follow some cops. Yeah. And it's nice to know or like have a bit of background about how, you know, the, the people in the society who are a bit lower are thinking about this. Yeah. So you set up straight away that Ward was going to be this character that didn't have a lot of support. Um, and there was one last little one where it had like it was like the elves sign and it was had it was the Beverly Hills sign and it was like elves <laughs> only and I was like oh that's a nice little comparison yeah, yeah. the rich people live in Beverly Hills so it, for me that set it up really well like I had a good understanding of where these races were yeah, straight good away
1: point. they they did it pretty quickly as well even, very quickly like I had very yeah. nice and early but then when they drive through the elf place and yeah I, I actually, actually thought something was gonna happen when he's like oh you know don't don't drive go through, through, there, through yeah. there and it was just like oh just nice cars it's just to show off yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: nice. I thought the, uh, I had a bit of a laugh. The first scene with Ward and uh, Nick in the car and <laughs> um, Nick plays the, the greatest Orcish love song and it's his hard metal song. I had a good giggle. I thought that was funny. Because no? yeah, you, you hear the song first <laughs> yeah. and then he goes, what? that's one of the greatest, greatest love, love songs of all time. <laughs> I that was cool. Uh, there were a lot of these cool little if you blink and you miss sort of things. So there's okay. like a scene where they drive up um, and they're getting called out to all these sorts of things that are happening on the streets and there's like this police beating down on these people and there's like a there's a centaur like a centaur police officer like, yeah and <laughs> didn't even notice and then like there's another scene That's where cool. they cut to this um, you know this um, establishing shot of the LA skyline mm-hmm. and there's like dragon there's a dragon what flying through the skyline and I was just like this is a cool little world setting of these cool little things mm-hmm. that um, were in the background I didn't know that so I liked that that what was I cool knew? I thought that uh, there was an action scene in the service station where um, <laughs> what's her face Um Tika not, well, Tika's there, but also Layla's sort of like chasing oh, yeah. them, and um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Nick yeah. gets stuck to the front of the car, yeah. and it's reversing. and I thought that was a nice little action sequence. I thought that was cool.
1: I was thinking how they had they would have shot that, and that would have been an absolute mess to shoot because mm. it was in such a such a small space. Mm. Um, yeah, hats off to that one.
0: Obviously, spoilers. So. There's a scene towards the end where Nick gets shot and he gets pushed down this hole and that got me. I wasn't expecting that at Neither all. Neither was I. That shocked me. I was like, I was happy oh, wow. Like you Good know, on yeah. you for
1: taking the. risk.
0: Yeah, and then I was even more surprised when Tika pulls out her magic wand and brings him back to life. I wasn't expecting either of those things to happen. It sort of, yeah, both yeah. those things got me and
1: I liked that because it got me. I was bothered when they, when she brought him back to <laughs> yeah. life. I was like, oh, you know what, just kill him. Kill like, him. Like, and I loved him as a character and this film doesn't work without him and Bright 2 definitely doesn't work without him but like
0: come on <laughs> <laughs> the, the the last sort of thing that I like is that you know you've, there's this big thing throughout the film where uh, Ward keeps telling Nick I'm not your friend I'm not your friend and then after Nick's reborn instead of calling him Jacoby the whole time Jacoby the whole time he starts calling him Nick okay. and I just liked that little change reborn being like after Ticker brings him back alive oh Bring, sorry yeah, after Nick was reborn after sorry. Nick was reborn yeah so it was just nice that he, he called him Nick from then on yeah
1: right and I thought that was cool good pick up yeah
0: all right what about you what have you got
1: well to be honest the four scenes or shots or bits that i've got are all different to yours good but they also all come like within a little 15 minute period in the middle of the (laughs) film and i liked it um just that whole shootout scene culminating in catching the elf catching tika at the start with the wand that was just a really cool scene going through that abandoned house and you know, you, you could feel the tension when they're walking through. They didn't know what they were going to see. They saw, uh, like, an elf in the wall. The elf in the wall was pretty cool visually. Yeah, it yeah. was. That whole scene was really cool. And then it went straight into Ward taking out those four, four cops. cops. And I was just like, fuck yeah, I'm in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is really cool. It was a little bit easy. Just like, just
0: listen to Nick, hey. So, who's standing behind me? Okay, this guy. Okay, bang, bang, bang. What 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 are you standing in? I was like, yeah, come on, get him.
1: (laughs) Sounds like a heater moment. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was getting to that point where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go crazy action fan on this. Um, And then in that same scene when they start running away from everyone, I like Nick's reaction to shooting a guy. So, when Nick first shot a guy, I was actually wondering myself, as soon as I'm like, I wonder if he's actually killed anyone before. And he hadn't, and he hadn't shot anyone. That reaction was so real and so proper
0: true and i guess yeah they did sort of develop that quite well throughout that you know nick had you know there was a scene where they were hiding behind the car he's like oh i don't like being shot at and yeah yeah that's right yeah good yeah. point yeah
1: and then the, the last one i have was uh every now and then i like a nice bit of dialogue even if it's a bit soppy but <laughs> the scene in the bathroom with nick explaining you know what it means to be an orc and then what it means to be a cop and you know why he wants to die for a world that actually hates him um I liked it when Ward called him a good dude and then I also liked it even more when Ward said you don't want to be friends, friends with me because yeah. I was like you don't want to be friends with this guy and he said it himself I was like good like, yeah bit of self-awareness that was a really nice scene um, and then the film kind of lost me after that point okay. which was unfortunate so
0: do you want to go through some things that you got lost on
1: yeah yeah absolutely so it, it kind of actually started with the when the orcs and look I, I, not that I disliked the, the start but I wasn't drawn in from the start to be honest I came in really came in when they got the wand in the first place but when the orcs sort of captured them it just kind of felt like another scene to add to the journey initially when they take him to the church yeah and i didn't like the whole prophecy shit or <laughs> obviously him dying coming back to life it all became a little bit too much of a cop-out it was almost like i can do whatever i want because it's a fantasy film and i can do whatever i want to make it fixed sort of thing that's yep okay. that's kind of helpful you get that and then, then it led straight to Tika being a bright who's only in training. Yeah. <laughs> she only knows a couple of words. And she speaks English. Um, all of a sudden, there was just this power that they could have used. It was right with them all along. Kind of annoyed me a little bit as well. Fair. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so then it got to the point when they were driving in the car and they had to go back to the pool and I was like, what is going (laughs) on? Like, why didn't you just say this from the very start? That's where you knew you needed to go. Just do it from the very start. Just the whole silliness got to it, got to me a little bit and that whole last little bit lost me. So yeah, that final showdown, um, as I said, was very Suicide Squad. Like the whole magic stuff. Remember the end of Suicide Squad where Cara Delevingne is just like, I've blocked I've blocked
0: or... a lot of that film out of my mind cuz yeah. that trailer is probably one of my favorite trailers of all time. I thought that trailer was amazing. Yeah. Like just it was to Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, uh, that's and, right. Yeah. And yep, each yep. cut and each beat of that song was done amazingly with like the gunshots and it was an amazing trailer and then I saw the film and I was like I was so disappointed. So oh. disappointed.
1: I really liked the the opening of Suicide Squad where they introduced you to all the characters. characters. That was really cool. That's my favorite bit of it. Well. <laughs> um but then all that magic stuff at the end Like Firstly We don't actually know what it takes to be a bright No, no one's ever bothered to tell us um, And And that's really hard when you're setting up this whole
0: mythology Of a whole world On one film
1: Yeah exactly right So When Ward grabs the wand <laughs> It's not like there's Some kind of Ancestry or Trait or something that he, he needs to have To be a bright or if there is we don't know about it so there was one little
0: line of dialogue early on that said one in a million humans have the ability to be a bride so it's a and chance that, thing yeah like, that's... And that, that was like yeah it wasn't a good explanation
1: so the, the whole film rests on him having this heroic moment where he grabs a wand basically attempting suicide uh, to blow up everybody around him and, and kind of save the day, but at his own expense. Maybe that's
0: the, the one action he needed to be the bride was he's actually being <laughs> selfless for a change. Maybe, maybe. maybe that's what
1: it is. Maybe if they had a painted it as, you know, we need some traits. But that was like the, the fourth or fifth cop-out in a row where I was like, <laughs> don't stop treating me like an idiot. But I can understand if you got into it and didn't care about this stuff as well. But I, I almost just felt insulted by this whole back half of the film. Okay. Um, and... Man, we didn't need the hospital scene or that Medal of Honor scene. <laughs> no, like, that I agree. Was just, come on. So that, yeah, that, and I hope I've justified that w- w- what I was thinking because I've get had some more fixed, thoughts yeah. later on as well. But oh, yeah, yeah, every now and then I'm like, oh come on, and I love taking leaps of faith in film. If you if you give me enough reason to take a leap of faith, I'll take a leap of faith. Hmm. But I've got a limit, and this one pushed my limit. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: So the things that sort of let me down a bit, they will just. Little things that, I don't know, just didn't sit well with me more rather than Mm. the story, I guess. Um, So there's a scene at the start where there's a fairy and Mm. Ward goes out to beat it with a broomstick. I did not think that developed anything in the character in the film other than to say there's fairies in the world.
1: No, exactly right. Not not so much fairies in the world as much as this is the world. world. It's a fantastical world.
0: But he went out with a broomstick, beat the crap out of it and the people next door are just like, Yeah, it It also showed that he, like, lives in the slums. Slums, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't a massive fan of that. Uh, Yeah, sure. I didn't like the way that the cops all treated Nick. Like, I understand he was an outsider, but, like, just stupid things, like putting a sticker on his back saying, kick me. I was like... (laughs) That's true. We're a bit more mature than that. We're not, like, you know, cops aren't high school kids.
1: Um, Not to mention your audience isn't high school kids. Yeah. Uh, Well, young high school kids, anyway.
0: Yeah. Uh, There was a line where one of them said, you know, they're trying to work out how the kid escaped the alleyway when Nick let, let them go. And they made some comment about, you know, orcs can't jump. That's why they're not in the NBA. They're big. That's why they're in the NFL. It's not racism. It's physics. I was just like, I don't know. It just didn't add anything. That that, that line was just, to me, was gross almost. To
1: me, it's almost saying how incorporated these species are in our society. Yeah. Like we legitimately have linebackers mm. as orcs in the NFL. Which, I, I wouldn't have minded a scene of that. <laughs> that would have been pretty cool. <laughs> it would have been funny. Uh, what, you, what, what species do you reckon would have been playing NBA?
0: Don't know. Who knows? Humans then, have got them covered still. Maybe a, a species we didn't even meet. A dragon, mind have Dragon, yeah. Uh, I, didn't, look, similar, I didn't like that scene in the church with all the orcs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's lines like, you know, the, the boss is like, I know there's a wand, there's a wand. Where's the wand? He's like, it's up your ass. It's like, just crappy dialogue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he, he wrote I'll, this yeah. for David Ayer yeah, I, specifically. Similar to you, I didn't like that um, Tika just started speaking English. <laughs> just annoyed me. Uh, I did. I I agree with you with that scene where she had to they had to take her to the the tree in the water. Yeah, but I did think that tree looked pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> no issues. It was
1: it was always when she <laughs> yeah. said we have got to go to this tree in the pool. I was like, what? Like, if that's where you needed to go all along, where were you where we getting these guys yeah. to take you in the first? Line? And
0: same as you, I, the, the post scenes in the hospital bed it, with Nick just going on and on, just dragged on too long. Yeah, it wasn't it, needed. Didn't it? Oh, and, goodness. And the ceremony at the end annoyed me as well because, you know, that's the only, I might talk about this later, but that was the only time that we saw um, Ward's wife and daughter, mm-hmm. like he told him to get out of the city mm-hmm. and that's the only reconnection we have of him. And we see that Teek is still alive.
1: So I reckon that when he told him to get out of the city, that was almost like an afterthought. I reckon they maybe cut the film. And they were like, "Oh shit, he's what happened oh, to his, his wife, wife and kid? Kids. Like, let's let's just shoot a scene where he jumps on the phone." And then
0: the other thing about that ceremony thing too was where you know he's like, "Oh, I hate seeing Rodriguez up here with all these
1: scumbags." I'm like, "Well, Rodriguez wasn't that good anyway to you, so don't cry about it." Anyway, that that was, that was me. <laughs> um, but like, the thing about seeing Tika at the end, you can make a sequel with Bright too. Yeah, you can put Tika in it. And I still don't need that last scene. No, like I'm like, okay, cool. She's around. I'm all right with that. Like,
0: you don't need her running. That's a leap of faith I can you. take. Yeah, <laughs> but if it was like um, we didn't see her at the end of Bright, so how is she still alive? <laughs> yeah. All right. What's this film trying to say? What are some themes or ideas? I've, I I picked up quite a bit in this one that I liked.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, look, go. You go. I think I think one of the biggest ones is is racism. Yes. Um, and how it's such a segregated society, and this is reflective of the world we live in now as well. How it's such a segregated society and how two relative outcasts work together to save the day. Um, basically, the one character that we resonate with, the whole film is Nick, and Nick's the one person that doesn't see race, and Nick's the one person that gets results.
0: So. Yep. Yeah, I like this. It was sort of about, yeah, like you said, racism, but promoting diversity a little bit without prejudice. So, you know, and they sort of did... I liked that Will Smith played Ward, so you had this this black guy where it was turned onto different species rather than having mm-hmm. that that point—you um, know, that symbol of, of black people being the ones that are, are brutalized by the police. Mm-hmm. So they, they switched that around nicely, I thought. And, you know, you've got the elves as the rich and the powerful. So you still do have these classes. Absolutely. And I, I, I didn't mind the way that they did that. Um, what? Yeah, anything else? I, no, I want to hear what you well, guys say. I liked this idea too. You, you just briefly spoke about it, but Nick and Ward working together. So um, although he was an orc, it was sort of like, talking a little bit about humanity as well because just because everyone's different doesn't mean that you know people are smarter or dumber and i think that was a word that sort of ward said to his daughter at some stage and you know everyone's just trying to get along and have a good life it didn't really matter who you were you've all just got to work together Mm. i kind of like that throughout
1: well that was the thing like everyone was so segregated into their own classes and it was the people that mixed between race that actually Mm. won
0: the, there was like the cops as well like this brutality corruptness the sergeant's trying to blackmail ward you know says like there's no version where you walk out of this room with your life intact mm-hmm. and I, I liked that obviously this stage in america there was quite a bit of tension with the police so it was nice to have that sort of in that film as well yeah. um truth a little bit of truth where you know ward ward talks about his daughter he's like you know she always tells the truth and and in reverse he doesn't and there's a scene where in the car and he, he has, w- he yeah. was
1: saying how his daughter always tells the truth in order so he could weasel we, out Jacoby.
0: Well, yeah, you know, there was like a moment where he, I thought maybe he was going to tell Jacoby, Hey, this is the deal I've done just mm-hmm. so you're aware. And, and then, you know, there's sort of like the truth sets people free at the end. And I, yeah, I don't know whether the truth did set Ward free in the end because he finally under circumstances that probably weren't his own had to, you know, not tell the truth, not tell the truth. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah survival too you know these guys just had to survive that night that's that's what they were talking about you know neither of them trusted each other fully but mm. uh, they they needed to survive and that's a good one
1: and that's that that's probably what if you want to sell this film to someone is is he really pushed that whole survival angle because that's the thing that can work so well cinematically sometimes mm. exactly
0: uh guns too like there's this comment on the guns like the orcs don't use them and they get along with everyone so if we don't use guns can we all just get along
1: do the orcs get along with everyone
0: like, well, that's what he said. We had parties, we oh, had parties in the streets, sorry, and they did that. yeah, when yeah, 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 all that sort of stuff. So, you know, and then obviously the orcs are this outsider; mm. they're the ones that don't have guns, but they're on the outside. So, I they really know.
1: treat him almost like the Hispanic type, like segregated, yeah. they do their own thing, yeah, and kind of works. And...
0: and then a little bit of faith, like believe in what they were doing, um, and I think that Nick definitely believed in what he was doing, which was nice.
1: Yeah, without other, they question themselves a whole bunch in this film. <laughs> definitely. Cool, that's... A bit to unpack yeah. there, very nice. Yeah.
0: All right, what do we take away from this film?
1: Um, <laughs> to me, it, it really felt like Training Day in Fantasyland. <laughs> and I was actually thinking this all along. Right, like You've got this young cop <laughs> and this old cop, very different dynamic, but especially at the end when he's like, this is the guy that when he was going to get killed by the Orc and he said, this is the guy that saved my life. Yep. I'm like, oh my God, this is Training Day. Yeah. <laughs> um, it certainly wasn't as good as Training Day and didn't work the same way as Training Day did. But I'd probably recommend this film to people who like dark crime action films. Films like Run All Night or Taken, where audiences are happy to just let the director take some pretty big creative licenses, uh, to advance a story and just have fun with it. I think that's that's a someone you know what, again, we speak about Heater a lot in the episodes that he doesn't actually record with us. <laughs> I would have been I think Hater would have enjoyed this film. I think so too. Maybe the fantastical elements would have pushed him away a bit, but
0: so I really liked the the fantasy world that the narrative existed in. I, I like that bit too. Even though we didn't really know much about it. Yeah. <laughs> like really, you didn't know much about that world, but I, I want to know more.
1: That's it. You know what? That's bang on, right? So you want to know more, but you don't want them to use that, oh, they don't know enough about it to trick you mm. and, and, to use, and to go, oh no, this happens, this happens. We didn't tell you this, but this is how this world actually yeah. works. You need to set that up better.
0: Yeah. I think this would have been all right in the cinemas.
1: It would have been yeah. a much better experience mm. in the cinema. I would have been really pissed off if I paid twenty bucks to see it, though. Okay, but just because I didn't enjoy it enjoy and it. It, it, yeah, all right. But it would have been. Um, it would have been interesting to see how well it went at the box office. I would have been so fascinated to see it.
0: Yeah. What do you Will, reckon? Well, Will Smith has a bit of a box office draw card. Um, he does. It,
1: yeah. I, he he de- he definitely doesn't have one as big as he used to.
0: Not at all. No. Yeah, I yeah, I'd be intrigued too. I yeah. yeah. I probably wouldn't like yeah, I probably wouldn't have gone to see it at the movie, but watching it on Netflix I probably wouldn't have minded seeing it at the same time. Yeah. All right, we have a segment where we have a discussion if we jumped on IMDB to check out any actors or actresses that we may have recognized.
1: What did you jump on at all? I did jump on. What did you see? Uh, the first one was Candemir, the, the elf fed that I you before. Yep. E- Edgar Ramirez. Obviously, his eyes—he was wearing contact lenses in this, and his yeah. eyes look sick. But um, <laughs> he was Bodhi in the Point Break remake. Have you okay, seen? Okay, I haven't the, seen the remake. I haven't no, seen the remake. He was also um, in the movie Joy with Jennifer Lawrence. Either, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the cleaning yeah, one. Yeah, I've yeah. um, Not a great film. I didn't enjoy it. But he was her husband in that. But I remember okay. that because that was like a similar time to Point Break. They sort of came out at the yeah. same time, and I was like, "Who is this guy? He's everywhere." And then. I haven't really seen it till now.
0: I looked up his partner. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So his name is Jerry Brudos. Do you know what his character's name was? His character's name was Happy Anderson. Really? Yeah.
1: The big gruff guy?
0: Hang on. Did I get that right? Oh, sorry. I got this completely wrong. His real name is Happy Anderson. He plays Jerry Brudos in um, Mindhunter. Uh, His real name's Happy? Happy Anderson. Montahue. Yeah, right. So, yeah, his real name is Happy Anderson. And his character's name in the film was Montague, and he's from Mindhunter, and he plays the character Jerry, okay. Jerry Brudos. There you go, okay. stuffed that up. But, yeah, I remember straight away from, I was like, I know Very your nice face. face, and I was like, I saw a screenshot of Mindhunter, and I was like, ah, that's who, what you're from.
1: Well, I had Lucy Fry who plays Tika. Yes, okay. Who is an Australian girl from Brisbane. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, she is in a film uh, called Now Add Honey, which is... Got, truly, that's got Hamish Blake in it, doesn't it? He's in it for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, It's a truly awful film. <laughs> um, when I was working in film advertising, we released that one probably like four or five years ago, um, and it was terrible. And she was she was the main character in that. Uh, She's also um, in the series Eleven, Twenty Two, Sixty Three. The yep, Stephen team. King one. So she plays Marina Oswald. So um, Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald's wife. Okay. And she's also in a film called Mr. Church, which is actually the last Eddie, Mur- Eddie Murphy movie before he did Dolomite. Oh, yeah. um, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, you know what? I, it, I don't even know if it got released. I saw it as well, and I, I didn't mind it, actually. It's not a bad watch. More of a, like, it feels like a daytime movie okay. kind of okay. watch. But, so I've actually seen, like, I think Lucy fry has been, wallet. like, 10 films, <laughs> yeah. and I've seen now, like, four of them, so... Wow. Um, I'm sure she's going to be in the next Bride as well. Yeah. All right, well, you've got
0: any questions that you'd like to ask...
1: This is good because we were like really close to like getting to this question. Yeah, and we and didn't quite. We didn't, and I want to ask you. Yes, would this have worked better as a TV series than a film? Ooh, even like a six-parter, because I just feel like so much of the world wasn't properly introduced. Fair
0: call, cool. but it probably would have. But that, to me, is like I want to see the sequel now because I hope they explain a little bit more.
1: <sighs> That's not fair. That's my answer. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying that's not that's that's cheating as a director. Like, get it right the first time.
0: Okay, fair. But if he's got this world set up where he's like, I can explain more and more in the films. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah,
1: no, that's a good answer. But that's what just really bothered me, and particularly like you could have had the very first episode talking about like the history of what a bright is. So, um, like in if, with the sequel, what would you want it to be about? I want this. You can do this one night in a six-parter okay but you just spend a lot more time talking about the world, world. and it might start at like school with will smith's daughter yeah. talking about the history of the world talking about what a bright is yeah. you might have you know moments in the street understanding the orcs and then you sort of you drag it out a little bit but then you, you go into this night and how it all pans out
0: okay because I, I thought the sequel i'd yeah i'd like to know how wards are bright that's to yeah. me that's that's what i'd want
1: from well, the sequel. what is a bright i don't care what if ward is one Got this magic power. That's, that's what it's called all about. Right. Yeah. he has got a magic power. Yeah.
0: What else you got to ask?
1: That's all I had to I, ask. Sorry.
0: I like this line. I was like, why do people have beef with a whole race with stuff that happened over 2,000 years ago? I was like, you can relate that so what much to the say? real world. Like, that's not a real question, is it? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. But you have this fantasy world where they're asking that question about all these races, and it's like, that relates to us as well. It's so true. Which I so true. That's why I like that as a question. Uh, why didn't we get to see the Dark Lord? I wanted to see the Dark Lord. Well, he
1: wasn't he, he wasn't unveiled because they didn't win, because she never got her one back. I get that, but like,
0: yeah, I know. I don't know. I would like to have <clears> seen. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's yeah, right. Yeah. I just reckon you know. I didn't like that we didn't get to see some kind of vision of him or him like sort of building his power back up or maybe something like that. he's in the sequel. Sequel. Jesse. Mm. And then the last one I had was like I've mentioned about this before when Ward called his wife in the bar, I was like, we didn't get to see it till the end again. I feel like we needed a reminder to see where they're at. Yeah. Because you you, you get to him, that's an important thing is his family. We needed that check-in with him for that importance. Was there a
1: threat on his family? I guess in general. General, Everyone's after him. He's the next best. Yeah, true.
0: All right. I think it's time to wrap this up. I think it is. So we give the film a rating out of five and then work out what the average is as a team.
1: Mm -hmm. MJ, what have you got? Well, the high expectations were probably my own fault, um, mm-hmm. but it certainly did leave me unfulfilled. The director asked me to take way too many leaps of faith but didn't pull me into the journey enough for me to actually want to do it. There were some great scenes um, throughout the middle of the film that really worked for me, but not enough to get me on side. I'm giving it two and a half. Okay. But it's a low two and a half. It just got, wasn't quite a two. Okay. But it's, it's, it is two and a half. All right, well, I've, I've,
0: I've got into this world. Uh, I thought the relationship between Nick and Ward was good because they didn't do what your typical Hollywood film does and makes them best buds at the end. Mm. I liked that, that that they kept that you know distinction. Uh, I liked the world; thought it was fun, and it was trying to say stuff about our world as well. So I've given it a three and a half. Cool, which gives us an average of three. It's a nice average. A nice average of three, which is good. So we are on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Apple Podcasts, if you can subscribe. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Question that we're going to pop up there this week is, did you like that they made a big deal about Nick and Ward not being friends at the end?
1: Did they uh, When you were laying down on each other's lap in the fire and he said, like, are we friends? And he says, no, we're still not friends. Yeah, cool. I don't know what
0: the answer was, but I like that he asked. I like that, yeah. So I just want to know, did that annoy you or would you have
1: rather them to be friends? No, it's better than that. Yeah, I like that too. And you know what? They are. Like they are, just because I don't say, say it. it. Like, how can you not be friends with someone that but you just went through that I think with? The rest of the world
0: still hates orcs, though. So <laughs> yeah, we'll find out in Bright Two, won't we? We sure will. All right, well we're back again tomorrow. We are. We're looking at the 2017 biographical comedy film. It's called The Poker King. It's directed by Maya Forbes. Stars Jack Black, Jenny Slate, Jason Schwartzman, and Jackie Weaver. Cool. Good cast. Hang on. Is it poker or polka? Polka, sorry. Polka. Poker face. I was just thinking, (laughs) (laughs) doing a bit of Lady Gaga. Uh, The Polka King.
1: (laughs) No ER. Uh, That sounds good. I think that'll be a bit of a change of pace. Yeah, a bit of Jack Black. So we'll see you tomorrow. Good chat again, as usual. Great chat. I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Good. All right. See you then. Bye.